Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. I am Ryan Burkwell. And I'm Alan Collins. And on today's episode, we're going to try not to get too much in the weeds, but we're going to talk about how to make financial decisions, uh, I guess, at a high level. And it's more of a comparative analysis that we'll dive a little bit deeper into. But as as you are growing up and as you're making decisions, um, we all do some sort of comparative analysis. Some of us go deeper than others. <laughs> what are you trying to say there, Ryan? I, I'm not pointing fingers uh, because they can't see me. I am. <laughs> <laughs> But the fact of the matter is, is we make decisions all the time. What type of mortgage should we get? What type of insurance should we get? How much should we going to Roth versus traditional? How, right? We're making these decisions all the time. Some of us make quicker decisions than other. And I'm not saying that that's bad or good. Right. However, we are going to discuss today how to truly do a comparative analysis, because I think a lot of times we bring our own biases into that comparison. Yes. Or what we don't know to be analyzing. And we forget a whole big piece, like, I don't know, taxes. <laughs> Which is amazing to me. That, But yeah, at the same time, like I've lived in this world now for the last, you know, 20 some odd years. And so it's second nature to me to think about some of these things. So before we dive into that, what are we drinking today, Alex? Uh, today we are drinking a Port Townsend Real Amber. Um, it's a uh, fishing theme. So real is R E E L. Um, it's, uh, it's a nice Amber. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and open this bad boy up, but, uh, uh Port Townsend brewing out on the Olympic peninsula, a good little brewery does makes just some great beers, some good IPAs. Uh, they've, they've got a nice, nice broad portfolio of beers. So the alcohol percentage is 5.4 with an IBU of 35, obviously we don't expect anything crazy with it being an Amber. Um, what, what's, uh, what do you think the taste is like a little bit there, Alex? Um, I mean, it's just a nice, rich, full-bodied Amber that, uh, it's, I don't know. I, Ambers are one of the beers that uh, got me into craft beer. So I have a soft spot in my heart for, for Ambers. Um, it's just kind of like a nice warm hug lighter profile or like heavy feeling amber because some ambers can feel rather heavy i mean it's it's darker in color it's got that rich amber tone to it but no this doesn't it it doesn't feel super heavy um you know it's it's not like uh it's not like an ipa that's going to punch you in the face with uh with with the the weight of it or the feel of it uh it also as you mentioned very little in the way of ibus so it's not punching you in the face with hops Gotcha. Well, cool. So make sure you check that out. That's at Port Townsend Brewing. And it's called Real, like the fishing rod, Amber. It's delicious. So let's jump into it. So we're going to talk about four steps to how, how to do a, a true comparative analysis. Um, and th- there are probably more steps that we could probably add to this. We're going to ultra simplify today's episode because... You're either driving or maybe you're mowing the lawn like I do sometimes while listening to a podcast. We just want you to think a little bit differently when you're making financial decisions. That's the purpose of, of today's episode. We'll so, see how well Ryan reels me in. <laughs> <laughs> Dork. So 
we're going to go through an example here uh, where here in the state of Washington, there's a new uh, payroll tax that's coming out. And there actually is an opportunity to opt out of the tax as long as you have a specific type of insurance product. And so a lot of people are analyzing, okay, does it make sense to pay the tax or does it make sense to pay for this insurance product? And what's, you know, what's the cost difference, right? A lot of people look at it and say, well, the tax will cost me $1,000, but that insurance product's going to cost me $1,500 or $2,000, whatever that, that price difference is. And from a straight price comparative analysis, right, if you're only looking at price, then the answer is quite simple because you're only looking at that dollar figure. But when you're looking at financial decisions, you have to look at it from a standpoint of how does it affect you today? And maybe more importantly, how does it affect you long-term? Right. For example, with this tax, it's going to go up over time as your income goes up because it's tied to your income. And so while it may be straightforward now, $1,000 a year versus $1,500 a year, if the $1,500 is a static cost, which most of the time it is in this situation, like, okay, well, after 10 years, we have a known cost. Whereas with the, the new tax, we don't know what your income is going to be in 15 years. We can estimate it and we can, there's ways to go ahead and try and predict some of these things, but it's going to be significantly more 10 years down the road than it is now, or at least it should be. So step one is we want to identify what it is we're comparing. And this should be two things. If we start comparing more than two things, like it just stops functioning. So if we've got three things to compare, pick two of them, figure out which one of those first two wins, then compare the third thing to whatever the winner was. So in this case, we're comparing, okay, what's the cost of the tax and the benefit, right? That comes with that. And what's the cost of the insurance product and what's the benefit that comes with that, right? Okay. So step one, identifying what it is you're comparing. Jumping to step two here, Alex, and this, this might be the, the first hiccup I think that occurs is make sure you're comparing the right inputs that like the Correct. inputs have to be as identical as they possibly can on both sides. Right. If plan A, we put $10,000 into and plan B, we put $40,000 into. If plan B doesn't work out, then plan A is clearly better. But it's almost going to be impossible for plan B not to win based on the output just simply because we put in four times the amount of money. Yeah. In this example that we're talking about here, we, we brought up that the tax percentage may change over time. And so if you're looking at this from a standpoint of, okay, if the tax is, you know, whatever the tax percentage is and you don't have to, and it's on your income and you don't actually take into consideration that your income might go up in the next 20 to 30 years, right away, your inputs are wrong. Correct. And, and really what we need to wind up having is some sort of default alternative for the cash flow so that we can make the cash flows the same over time when we're doing this comparative analysis. So once we're looking at, once we understand the inputs and they're as, as similar as they possibly can, where do we go from there? What's step three here, Alex? 
Step three is trying to figure out like, okay, what are the differences inside of this? And that's going to be things like, are there guarantees associated with either option? What's the likelihood of either of these things occurring? What are our expectations of like what winds up occurring as a result? And one thing that we we're not going to be able to tackle in this episode, just because it's huge is does the existence of this, whichever option it is, allow us to do other things with the rest of our financial assets? If the answer is yes, well, we need to then build in what are the other options that can can be done because of the existence of this new product or new structure. Which takes us to step four, which is the, the comparison of this output, right? So step four is compare the output. Okay, in, in output one, we pay the tax for the next 30 years. Our income has gone up, right? What's the end amount? What's the net amount of taxes that we would have paid over that time horizon? And what are we getting for that? Correct. Versus option two, we buy this product What's the net result from that? What are we getting from that? Are we getting an asset? Are we getting better protection? Are we unlocking something else inside of our assets? Right? What's the most efficient use of our dollar? And that's the exact (laughs) analysis. And Alex and I are literally going through what feels like 10 times a day uh, (laughs) right now because that opt-out period is, is, is closing in. But many people were talking to, they just go, oh, well, the policy or the tax, whichever one they look at, they go, that one's cheaper. I think that makes the most sense. And they didn't look at the standpoint of, oh, my income, like I'm 30 years old, my income might go up over the next 30 years, or the tax rate might go up over the next 30 years. Right. Or they're taking a look at it going, okay, well, option one to opt out of the tax is a thousand dollars a year option two is 1200 but after paying into this for 20 years we still have to continue paying the thousand dollars in option one and there's little to no value versus being able to stop putting dollars into option two and being able to recoup some or all of the cost so it like it there is no definitive answer it's we need to run the numbers and figure out like okay what are the inputs? Try and keep those as similar as possible. And then what are the outputs? And knowing that it's not just going to be the same, like, they, like we're going to wind up with differences. And that's what makes comparative analysis more challenging is that we're oftentimes comparing two different inputs and two different outputs. And so then it becomes really challenging to figure out like, okay, which one's better. There are ways that we can go ahead and, and, like help simplify this to make sure that it makes sense and that we're giving context for, okay, well, here is what the net result of option one is, and here's the net result of option two. And we've kept the inputs as similar as possible. Yeah. So another, well, we won't go into the analysis like we just did for the, this payroll tax, but another analysis that some people do, a lot of people just default to one, but is how much money should be going towards or should I be putting my retirement money in a Roth 
style account, which is after-tax dollars, tax-deferred growth, and tax-free um, withdrawals past the age of 59 and a half? Or should we do traditional where it's pre-tax dollars, tax-deferred growth, and then also you have to pay ordinary income taxes on that money as you pull it out in retirement past the age of 59 and a half? Right. So what's the best bet? Well, there's a bunch of stuff and Alex and I have done several episodes about the Roth versus traditional. So make sure you check that out. But this is another great comparative analysis. When it, it, that's a great example of where the existence of structuring it one way has impacts on other areas as we go down the road. And I mean, the only thing we truly know about the future is it's going to change. So the only thing we can do is make our our, our best educated decision now and roll with any of the, the changes as they come along, whether those are positive or negative. Yeah. The, the key to any financial plan or just financial decisions is having flexibility because to Alex's point, life happens and, and it will change. And it will change. And that doesn't mean bad. That means good, right? As well. So make sure you're you're looking at it from that from, from that standpoint. So quick recap of the four steps here, Alex. We've got step one, identify what it is you're comparing. Step two, making sure that the inputs, the comparison inputs, are as similar as possible. Step three, what, what's the light, what are likelihood, guarantees, expectations that are expected from each one of those uh, inputs, as well as does it unlock anything with, with other assets, like looking at it from a holistic viewpoint? And then last but not least, compare the output, yep. which leads us to the question of the day. Question of the day is a fairly basic one. Hopefully it gets you thinking about this a little bit though. How are you making financial decisions? What's the analysis process that you're going through? So head over to beerandmoney.net and at the bottom of that page, there's a spot for you to answer that question. Or if uh, you want to engage with us in a capacity of maybe you want us to look at your personal uh, situation, there's a spot for you to fill out uh, for that as well. As always, we hope this episode was valuable. I'm Mr. Collins. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities Guardian or Quantified Financial Partners and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ333, North Indian Hill Boulevard, Claremont, California, 91711. Telephone 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities member FINRA SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. 
Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow Air Insurance License Number 1531912, CA Insurance License Number 0K24924, Alexander Collins AR Insurance License Number 7264699, CA Insurance License Number 0H24806, Pinpoint Number 2021126632, Expiration September 2023.